What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Manzuden, aka STL Cardinals 84. I've got my usual co host alongside me. That would be Derek Notorious Farnsworth. Coming off an interesting week at the Sanderson Farms last week where uh, I didn't have a whole lot of exposure to the guys at the top. So it was a pretty stress free Sunday for me. Uh, but uh, interesting when guys, you know, are going for a win that aren't always up there, uh, just the career trajectory that can that can make them, you know, that can be changed with just one win. And it was Sepp Straka and Mackenzie Hughes going for the uh, victory. And uh, Hughes ended up getting the W there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Noto, how was your week last week? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Um it was a lot like yours. Didn't have a lot of exposure to the guys up top. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes was in pretty terrible form leading into the week, but uh, he got the job done. Uh, I wasn't tracking it too closely on Sunday. I missed the playoff. I had it up on my phone, but uh, for the most part, disappointing week. I did have some Dietrich and some Taylor Montgomery, but not enough to put me over the top. So uh, interesting event for sure. Um, I kind of liked the course a little bit more than I, I thought I would, but uh, yeah, any other takeaways? Yeah, I mean, hit on a few of those plays up towards the top. We talked about Keegan a little bit on the show. Uh, I had some Dietrich as well, but just none uh, none of the the golfers that ended up being was Hughes, Straka, and then Higo had a pretty good week too. Um, Grillo, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what those, you know, Burmester had a good week. So uh, just a little bit unpredictable, as you see with some of these events during the fall swing. And there were some popular plays that got there. Grillo got there. Uh, Mark Hubbard with another pretty solid week, and and we can talk about him this week as well. But um, you know, we and I went on this big rant last week about Justin Suh and Montgomery and everybody going back to Montgomery, and of course that trend continued as Justin Suh had a terrible week and Montgomery with another top ten. So again, still a pretty small sample size, but Montgomery looks to be uh, kind of the class of the new card holders at this point. Yeah, it's certainly a guy that we're going to be talking a lot about this week with this being a home game for him. Uh, and then, yeah, Gary Kigo, I mean, I believe he won at Congaree. Um, that was his first win on the PGA Tour. We're going back there next week, so it'll be interesting to see if he can no, really? they keep are? that for him. Yeah. I love uh, that course. For the CJ Cup. I don't know if he – that's a no-cut event, though, isn't it? I don't know it if he's going to be able to It has been, yeah. So, yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see if he uh, gets in the field somehow. But, uh, yeah, that course was fun, and, yeah, it'll be interesting next week. Well, that's awesome. I hadn't looked at the course, and I know they've kind of moved that around the last few years, and I hadn't seen that it was there. So that's good. That brightened my day. Really <laughs> like that course, and uh, and we'll talk about that one next week for sure. Um, not a whole lot of other takeaways from last week. I mean, there wasn't a huge, a lot of a whole lot of major surprises. I mean, Brendan Steele, Harris English was a guy that you know we talked about. Could that be a spot for him to get back on track? He had a pretty bad week. Uh, Jay's D Poston, I guess, was probably the biggest surprise there of the guys who were expected to play well last week. And I know, I think you might have mentioned that in your article here for this week's event or on one of the showdown pieces. I can't remember. Yeah, that was a little frustrating. He just was uh, terrible at the start. I think he was four or five over uh, in his front nine and tried to make a comeback on Friday, but it was a little too much. And uh, I don't know if you played any Alex Smalley, uh, one of our guys. Did you see his blow up on Friday? I did not. But uh, so he like blew up right at the end to miss the cut, right? Yeah, I think he was three strokes, uh, you know, clear of the cut. And uh, he ended up three putting from four feet for a double on the par three. And then he just needed to par his 18th, and he doubled that as well. 
<laughs> that's a bad end of the week. That's tough. It's tough. I can't I mean you can't imagine the pressure when a paycheck's on the line for sure, especially for these guys that aren't, you know, set and, you know, haven't made millions and millions of dollars and uh, surely lots of pressure for, for guys like him. And uh, sometimes that'll happen, but uh, double pain for us as well. Yeah, and the, the Discord was uh, not too happy, our uh, Roto-Grinders Discord. We were all tilting together. <laughs> Does that make it better? Does that make it feel a little better? Yeah, You're Misery Loves Company, for sure. <laughs> Anything else from last week? I mean, I think it was otherwise, you know, pretty straightforward. Uh, your typical kind of fall swing event. And guys like Davis Riley got back on track. Kevin Streelman had a pretty good week. Uh, Joel Damon up there inside the top 15. So some names that uh, got back in the mix. I believe I said Seth Straka was the most overpriced uh, in the field, so that was a good take. Uh, ended up, you know, getting in the playoff, and then uh, we we told Dan, uh, you know, our boss to play <laughs> to play Callum Terran. So at least we got something right. Over, I can't remember who he was. Smotherman, I think. Smotherman. I don't even know where Smotherman. Smotherman finished sixty seventh. So yeah, okay. that worked. So we did something right. We did something right, and we'll hope to parlay that into a little more success this week. Um, I mean, I don't really have anything else on that event last week. It's just kind of your typical weak field fall swing event. And, uh, you know, this week, the Shriners Open, Shriners Children's Open uh, is kind of the flagship event or one of the flagship full field events of the fall swing. It's kind of always held this place on the calendar. Uh, TPC Summerlin is always kind of hosted for the last 14, 15 years. And this is probably the one event where, relatively speaking, we'll get a stronger field. Uh, then we get with some of these other fall swing events. So uh, your thoughts on the event, the field, uh, and then the course this week. Yeah, feels good. The course uh, should be a lot of fun. Golfers are going to have to obviously resist the temptation to visit the the Las Vegas Strip late at night. Uh, we've heard some stories of guys, you know, not waking up on time. I think Hideki Matsuyama, the first time he played this back when uh, we were playing on Draft Street, ended up uh, missing his first tee time because he was out too late um, in his first time in Vegas. But uh, the course, it's a par 71, uh, just over 7,200 yards. Pretty generous off the tee, although there are a lot of uh, strategically placed bunkers. So you're not going to see a lot of guys, you know, bomb it out there. Um, you know, hitting the fairway is pretty important. Uh, it gives you a chance to attack these pins, and you're going to have to make a lot of birdies. Surprisingly, around the green has been uh, pretty important here over the years. I don't know if that's just due to the fact that, you know, you can't afford to make bogeys when you miss the green. Or the fact that uh, the, everyone's going to be going for these par fives and twos. So maybe, uh, you know, scrambling for birdie on those holes, you know, kind of ends up being a big deal. The greens themselves, pretty big, uh, easy to hit. They are bent grass. And, yeah, I, I just think non-bomber, everything from approach play in is probably going to be important. Yeah, and, you know, the distance might, uh, like you mentioned, be a little bit mitigated because almost everyone's going to be able to hit the par fives if they're in the fairway. And uh, you just look at the correlated numbers over the years. And, you know, if you want to take some angle, um, you know, maybe total driving would be better than than just focusing on distance this week. So I agree with those thoughts completely. And uh, course history can can be a little bit relevant. You mentioned maybe the guys who are a little more focused as opposed to going out on the town. Um, you know, we can speculate all we want, but uh, you, you don't really know what's going on in these guys' heads uh, during the tournament. But uh, you can maybe well, use course history to guide that a little bit. So I know one guy that's not going to be out there, and that is uh, Tom Kim. He's the I can't get into the clubs. <laughs> he's not twenty-one yet, so <laughs> he's still twenty. So uh, he says he's never been to a party. Also, 
Um, <laughs> he revealed that after the President's Cup. But uh, yeah, never been to what? Like, never been to any sort of party. That's what he said. I don't like a birthday know. party or a, you know, not safe for work party. What are we talking here? Right? Yeah, we gotta. We'll have to clarify. But, yeah, we uh, got to get in on a press conference sometime <laughs> so we can clarify the questions. A lot of locals uh, in the field too, so um, they're probably not going to be, you know, enjoying the Las Vegas Strip. It seems like locals like to stay away from the Strip. Yeah, it's not the, uh, it's not the, you know, it's not cool when you're from there. It's you get, uh, it's get probably gets to be a little annoying, I'm sure for, for some of the locals. Uh, but you know, you get the people, the, the uh, legion of golfers from the southeast uh sea island and all that stuff will will maybe be enjoying the vegas time a little bit more all right um anything else on the course or we just uh you dig in here i think that uh, you did mention course history it is a lot more predictive here than most courses so uh, if you do want to you know look at that a little bit more than usual i don't mind that so my theory now, see, we both like Keith Mitchell a little bit this week, and that's scary. And, you know, we've both kind of been Mitchell guys at various points in the past, and stats lately are really good. Uh, but you just mentioned course history. So, like, Keith Mitchell's 0 for 4 here, and I have a hankering that Keith Mitchell likes a party, and he's probably been to a party. So maybe that, you know, maybe that's the reason we need to, we need to amend our Keith Mitchell takes because he's going to be out all night. Yeah, he doesn't fit the the party narrative or the the course in the history narrative, but um, <laughs> everything else be, is good. To be fair, three of those four miscuts were right on the number, so all right, he's, all he's right. getting close. We'll see one less drink, and then you maybe would every drink is good for a stroke off the score. Who knows? Um, anyway, we can't uh, we can't let that guide all of our decisions. Uh, we'll break everybody down here over the course of the next half hour or so and get you all the information you need to know. And uh, I mentioned a little bit stronger field than what we see in a lot of these fall swing events, but that is somewhat of a relative term. It's not like we've got a major on our hands here. Uh, but we do have one guy at the top, and you'll see you know, in our lineup HQ, he's got all the dots. Everybody likes him this week. It's hard not to like him. Uh, because he is clearly the class of the field in Patrick Cantlay. He is also pretty clearly going to be the most popular because of how the sites stagger their pricing. When we when you have kind of a large relative favorite like this, it seems like most times they end up being a little bit less expensive than you would otherwise expect. So I guess let's talk about Cantlay on his own, what you think about him and uh, and how you're planning to handle that this week. Yeah, I think this situation is a little bit different than Sam Burns last week. Um, you know, he was just coming off the President's Cup. He ended up being fine, but uh, certainly not a must for tournaments. Uh, in terms of Cantlay, it's hard not to play him, at least uh, in cash games, you know, small field tournaments, that kind of stuff. Look at his course history, eighth, second, second, first. Uh, he He's number one in my model, long-term form, mid-term form, short-term form, field strength, uh, top, you know, finishes, stats, everything, checks all the boxes. Um, and he's not that expensive. He could be 12 K plus on DraftKings, And I think he'd still be, you know, 20% owned. So, uh, you're getting a discount on a guy that's only eight to one to win the tournament. Yeah, for sure. I think he's clearly the number one guy and, you know, it, it could be a situation where I, I think in single entry, you just start with him maybe in three max, you, you, you put him in two. Uh, if you're building a hundred plus lineups, like I, I think you just get overweight on Cantlay this week. Um, you know, it, it, four top eight finishes at this event the last four times he's been here. Doesn't seem like the guy who's going to go out and party and, you know, ruin his weekend. He's going to be focused on golf and uh, and clearly the, the most talented guy in the field. So I am totally overweight stance on Cantlay. And part of that's because, you know, 
Max Homa, real big price bump from hit for him compared to what we're used to seeing. Sung JM is the defending champ and got to 24 under here, you know, last year. So no knock on him, but it's just you there is a dip from Cantley to to the rest of the the golfers in this field. You can see that in our projections, you know, in Noto's ratings there in lineup HQ. Um, but I mean, how you handle Homa and him are there only the other two guys above 10K? Just not a lot to spend up for this week. So they're going to get ownership in their own right. Yeah, I think they will for sure, especially Sung Jay. Um, he's been in as good a form as Cantlay over the last couple months. He's obviously got <laughs> nearly as good of course history, one here last year. So I'm fine going with either of those two. But I do think Max Holm is going to be the forgotten man um, above 10K. Uh, he'll still get some ownership in large field stuff, but like a single entry, nobody's starting their lineup with Homa uh, when you have Sungjae and Cantlay right there. So it's interesting from an ownership perspective, but I definitely prefer the other two. Yeah, as do I. Um, <clears throat> and again, it, you know, it's not like you're get, we're going to get Homa at 5%. So he's going to have his share of ownership. If you want to take the more contrarian angle, you know, maybe you don't all three. If you add up our ownership on all three of these guys combined right now, it's at like 85%. So, you know, most people are going to start their lineups with one of those three guys. And that's a little bit different from what we see. You know, a lot of times we'll see uh, plenty of merit to starting in the, the nine K's and going with a more balanced build, but it's not that difficult to fit in one of those top guys. So I think you're going to see a lot of people do that this week. Uh, and maybe the, the, you know, maybe that's the more contrarian tournament build this week is to start in the nine K's where we've got a lot of guys in the 20% ownership range. Uh, one thing I will note is our producer Devin has the screen share up on the screen. Our fantasy point projections, our ownership, Noto's ratings for Tom Kim are all correct, but you look at the cut probability, win probability and that stuff. Um, that is a little glitched because of a name mismatch. Some sites have him as Ju Young Kim. Some sites have him as Tom Kim. Uh, we got, we always have to try to finagle that a little bit in our projections model. So uh, I will alert the team to that, but don't be scared off of Tom Kim because you see that little red uh, square there. That's just a, a name issue. So we've got wise Kim, the aforementioned at the beginning of the show, Montgomery with back-to-back top tens to start his PGA tour career. Grillo who's been playing well, Cam Davis, Alex Noren, Tom Hoagie, is our 9K group this week. Who are a couple of your favorites in there? Yeah, really strong range. I don't mind starting here if you do feel okay fading one of the top guys. Uh, I really like Taylor Montgomery for all the reasons we mentioned last week. He finished first on the Corn Ferry Tour in birdie average, first in scoring average. Uh, he's rattled off top 10s in like eight or nine straight events, including two PJ Tour events, T9 last week. And He's an elite putter, and he went to UNLV. He's from Vegas. He lives in Vegas. So, uh, yeah, all the reasons to like Taylor Montgomery. Uh, I think Aaron Wise, he's also uh, lives in Vegas. He's a guy with a really good course history. Kind of get that feeling that he's going to break out for a win here pretty soon. The form's been awesome for, you know, nine months now. So, yeah, I like both of those guys a lot. But uh, if you want to play Kim, I don't mind that. Uh, he's been playing well. Miliano Grillo, I don't know what – uh, deal he made with the devil, but uh, it's working. Let's look at his putting splits plus three, plus three, plus two, plus three, plus four, plus four in his last six shot link events. This is a guy that was like dead last in putting for a very long time, so he's figured something out. Um, his course history isn't great, but he typically doesn't play great in birdie fest because he doesn't make enough putts. And uh, if that's going to flip, then I do think he's very interesting. Uh, Cam Davis coming off the President's Cup, I bet him outright. 
Also bet Tom Hoagie. Um, those are kind of more bets or large field GPP plays for me because their floors aren't as high as some of the other guys in the range. But um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me any of these guys, you know, come out on top this week. What was Davis's record at the President's Cup? Do you have that handy? I know he had more points than uh, my guy Taylor Pendrith because I was deciding between those two and uh, <laughs> definitely picked wrong. I think he had a couple. Probably had more points. He had more points than Scheffler too. Um, yeah, I kind of like him this week. Uh, certainly a guy that we know can make some birdies. He's probably pretty high on confidence. Uh, Hoagie, I think, is really interesting because he's never going to grade out well from a projection standpoint, and he feels overpriced. Like the 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 mental difference between 80, 88, 8900, and 9K, especially for a guy like Hoagie, I think is interesting. Um, and like you said, all these guys can contend. Um, I and, and because I don't see a whole lot between them, like this is nothing against Tom Kim, but now he's priced appropriately and he's also going to be popular. I'm probably lower on him this week. I like Wise, I like Davis, um, and you know, I don't mind sprinkling in some of the others. Hard to go against Montgomery right now as well. I have largely been off of Grillo uh, through this putter resurgence, so I can't envision buying in now when he's 9,300. Uh, so Again, that's probably to my own detriment at this point, but I just can't hop on the ship right now. So why is Montgomery Davis probably the three I am highest on in that range? So he's um, your he's your new uh, Seamus Power? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. It, uh, Grillo is the new Seamus Power, and, uh, and, and Seamus Power is back in my good graces. So we'll see <laughs> if we can come, <clears throat> come completely full circle at some point. He's got to cool off at some point, right? Like this isn't at this level sustainable for him. Can't be. He didn't he might, just suddenly. He might be the best putter. Well, do you remember when he first came on tour? Jordan Speed said he was the best putter he'd ever seen on uh, fast greens. So, uh, and and for the from that quote alone, we've been playing Grillo for years, thinking you know fast greens. Oh, we got to play Grillo. So, I don't know. It, it's going to come back down to earth for sure. Um, but what about Alex Noren, fresh off of a second place last week in Europe? Yeah, he just never gets ownership. Like, I, and it doesn't feel like this doesn't feel like the event for him. I tend to like him more on more difficult courses, and he's expensive. But I mean, he's the lowest owned that we've seen so far of anybody by quite a wide margin. If he stays at that ownership, I, I mean, you're building 30, 40 lineups. I think you gotta, you gotta put him in some, be more than 5%. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I finished fifth in tee to green last week, and we know he's very good with the short game. So uh, if, the, if the ball striking shows up, he's at least a little interested. All right, let's go ahead and head down into that 8K range. Noto's boy Brian Harmon leads that range off. Taylor Pendrith, Siwoo Kim, Brewmeister, who had a good week last week. Uh, a couple of our top options in that 8K range. What are you going in there? honestly don't like much in the AKs. Uh, I'll play some Brian Harmon because I always play Brian Harmon. Anytime you get him on a course, it's not a bomber course. Uh, he's certainly live to finish in the top 20. I wouldn't expect a, a win or anything like that because he just doesn't do that anymore. And then I don't like anybody until we get down to Keith Mitchell. So I'll let you cover the middle range. Yeah, I don't, I don't really like a whole lot either. Um, yeah, Pendrith, I do like. You look at his stats. Uh, he's just become a pretty good all-around golfer. The short game stuff has been maybe a little iffy. Um, so if you are prioritizing like around the green and putting this week, you know maybe it's a little cause for concern with him. But everything else has been so good. 
uh, that, uh, and he's going to be chalky. I mean, he's not going to be, a, he's not a major surprise there at 21% ownership, but I do like him the best um, posting. If you want to play the bounce back angle, I mean, that's obviously he was bad last week, uh, but he's a talented guy. Don't mind throwing him in some GPPs, but yeah, then we get to Mitchell um, 0 for four here likes to party presumably. Uh, but a lot of those cut miscuts on the number, and if you look at his T to green numbers over the last two months, three months, four months, I mean, I think you put this in your article this week, but he's been fantastic from T to green lately. Yeah, number one total driver, no matter what time frame you look at in the field three months, six months, 12 months, uh, ball striking over those same time periods, top 12. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's hard not to like him if you just Ignore the course history. I think if he had a couple good finishes here, he would be extremely popular because people love to play Keith Mitchell. So I'm on board with that one. One other note, Mav McNeely, um, he does live in Vegas. So I believe this is his home course as well. If you want to play that narrative. Who are some of the others you mentioned at the beginning? Some There's some locals. There are a lot. Um, So Taylor Montgomery, I'll try to cover them all as we go because there are a lot. Um, McNeely. Harry Hall is a name in the 6Ks. Um, Seamus Power lives in Vegas. Scott Piercy, Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, I'll I'll mention them as we go. Well, so the 8K range, uh, relatively meh, uh, which is part of the reason why you're going to see a lot of people start. I mean, that true balanced all throughout build is a little tricky because the 8K range kind of stinks. Uh, which is why you're going to see most people prioritize at least one guy over 10K and do it, you know, and then you can get some guys in the 7Ks because the 7K range is interesting. And there's, you know, Dietrich we talked about last week, had a really good finish, hard not to kind of like him again on a course that could feature plenty of scoring chances. Um, I've seen some Ricky Fowler love this week. Uh, you're going to have to talk about that. And then Mito, and, and then we can get to the other guys. But I want, I think those three guys are interesting in and of themselves. Dietrich, Played really well last week. I like him. Fowler, I'm off, but you can talk about it. And Mito, I think Mito is really intriguing. And if you're playing on FanDuel, he's like 8,200, which is as cheap as you'll find any viable option on FanDuel. I'm not sure why he's so cheap, uh, but he's 8,200 on FanDuel, and that's just far too cheap. For FanDuel's average, you get 10K per golfer. And, you know, DraftKings, you get 8,300 or whatever per golfer, and he's 78. So, He's below the average on on DK, but that's probably around where he should be. Uh, he's just way too cheap on FanDuel. So uh, that's worth noting. I like Dietrich. I like Mito. I don't like Fowler, uh, but that's not a surprise. So uh, where do you stand? You've been the Fowler guy for a couple of years. Are we hopping back on the train? Uh, so he's he went back to his old swing coach, back to Butch Harmon, um, and Harmon does work out of Vegas. He Got completely new clubs. So uh, new clubs, new coach, maybe uh, new Ricky. Did finish sixth at the Ford Net, uh, hitting his first start of the season. I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, he obviously rates out as one of the worst value plays on the board in my model. So uh, maybe maybe I have a couple shares, but um, I don't think I'm going to go out of my way. You know, maybe he keeps playing, you know, better and we can play him, you know, when he gets to Phoenix, his favorite course. I like Dietrich. Certainly no issue there. He is a bomber, so, you know, that's negated a little bit, but I'm still okay with him. And you mentioned Mito. Mito's so interesting. If you look at anything that's not just the last three or four months, you know, he's going to pop in 
in anything. I was looking at Data Golf, their strokes game. He's top 10 over the last year uh, in this field. He's top 10 over the last six months in this field. But the, the recent form is what we're worried about. So I'm willing to take him at low ownership and just hope he can, you know, kind of bounce back. I like Adam Hadwin, really good course history, guy that hits a lot of fairways. Pretty good once you get him, you know, in the fairway back uh, all the way to the hole. And then I uh, got to play Seamus Power, you know, and now that we, uh, for every reason, we're back on Seamus Power after we missed out. Maybe we just feel like we missed out, so we got to play him. <laughs> well, he's, he was he was 25% owned at like 9K some of those weeks. Like and it was paying just, it off. <laughs> it was crazy. And then and he was just, he, yeah, he was paying it off every time. It was so silly. Uh, now he's like in the 7Ks again. He's 5%. Then, he, you know, 30th last week or, or not great, but he's fine, and you get another scorable course. And you know, I, yeah, I'm I'm in on Seamus Power again. He's gonna turn. He's gonna turn back to Prime Tiger again. Some point, it's happening. I like it. Seamus and Mito bounce back uh, weeks. What about Matthew Neesmith, who was eight under par on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, I always like those hot Sunday rounds, uh, parlaying them into the next week, but. Uh, others have caught on. I think sixteen oh, percent. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I believe the highest owned of anybody in the seven Ks. Um, and I mean, I, I like him, but I don't think he's anything special. I think there's a lot of guys in this range. Like, I don't know I, I, if he's that chalky. I think I'm out because yeah, I like I power. Realize. I like you know, I like Hadwin. I like Mito. I just. I don't know if he's going to be if he was like six, seven percent, I think I'd be interested. But I don't think I'm interested enough to play him as the most popular guy in this range. Yeah, I think I agree. The combination of the low Sunday round and three straight top 20s here is probably what's driving that. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, volatile a little bit. So uh, I think I'm out on that as long as the chalk remains. I think I'm out on Justin Suh as well. I've tried that a few times. Got to wait for him to come around a little bit. Um. Yeah, I mean, you got some risk reward guys. Gary Woodland in here. I think he missed the cut by a stroke or two last week. Wyndham Clark is hit or miss. We saw Kitayama have a few good results last week. I think the safest play as we get to like that 7,400 range is probably Mark Hubbard, uh, who's coming off a really strong week last week. And I know uh, that you like him as well. So, your thoughts on kind of Hubbard and some of these other mid range 7K guys? Yeah, for safety purposes, love Mark Hubbard and Chris Kirk. They are going to be fairly popular, but not as popular as Neesmith. So I'm fine with both of them. And then Svensson's a guy that I always don't mind targeting. Decent putter, a uh, guy that can make a lot of birdies. Uh, not a whole lot else sticking out. Oh, Andrew Putnam. So he's 7,300. I think he's rattled off nine straight top 35s, something like that. He's got pretty good course history, really good putter, and nobody seems to be talking about him. Uh, any interest there? Yeah, I think there's some names like that that you can target in this range. Kevin Streelman had a pretty good week last week. We've seen Troy Merritt pop at times uh, for you know quite a few top 25 finishes. And these could be the plays, I think, in GPPs that make a difference this week. Putnam, Merritt, Streelman, uh, Chris Kirk still not getting a lot of ownership. So when all these guys are in the single digits in terms of ownership, you're going to get a lot of these guys around 4 or 5%, 6%. And that's why I think, you know, not a whole lot of difference in projection between them and guys like Neesmith. Uh, in fact, we got Neesmith at 63 fantasy points. We've got, you know, Streelman at 74. I mean, we got some of these guys projected a little higher in our model. So, uh, yeah, let me give a sprinkle of these guys and uh, particularly in GPPs. Like I think in cash games, you play Hubbard and you move on in this range. But GPPs, 
Streelman, Merritt, Putnam, Kirk. Um, I think there's uh, Svensson, who you mentioned. Uh, I think there's interest in all those guys. Yeah, and you mentioned Gary Woodland did miss the cut, but he gained over six strokes ball striking last week in two rounds. So uh, wow, that maybe, bad with the putter, or did he have one blow up, or what happened? Uh, both putter and around the green were just terrible. So uh, if he turns that around, I think I would rather target a guy like that. Um, they yeah. showed ball striking than the other way around. So he's interesting. Lee Hodges at seven K. Uh, Callum Taren, if you want to play the party boy narrative, I know he likes to to party it up. So uh, he's going to be having a good time uh, if you want to pair him up with your Keith Mitchell lineups. All right. My microphone is likely going to automatically mute in 30 <laughs> seconds. So I need to uh, lead you into the very bottom end of the 7K range. And then once I get straightened out, I will uh, I'll filter in my thoughts as well. All right. So I mentioned Harry Hall at 6,600. Not a guy that rates out well for me. He's been God awful in his first two PGA Tour starts, um, but he was T8 here last year, and this is his home course. So if you want to play the home narrative, I like him at 66. Uh, Paul Haley's been decent uh, since getting called up. John Huh was pretty good during the uh, the summer months, but just like last week, I don't feel good about any of these guys in, in single entry three max. I think you just you kind of cut that off at 7K and and go from there. And muted. See, told you that was going to happen. Got me now? Yep. Mute <laughs> mute counter ready. Uh, see, and then, then you're, we're usually good for like 45 minutes to an hour after that happens. Uh, so if you had the uh, the top of the hour mute uh, tonight, that was the winner. The most bizarre thing we've ever seen. It's always in a 15-minute interval. I don't get it. Um it's it's the most bizarre thing but see i've started to be able to kind of plan for it to where i'm like not talking at the, the moment that it happens and and then it's uh it's less distracting anyway um but i, I think there's some other i mean all lots of good gbp plays in here uh even if you're looking for some safety a guy like grayson sig has made a lot of cuts lately uh so i don't mind playing him uh will gordon popped for a pretty good week like he was a guy everyone kind of expected to be the one of the next bigger things uh, a year or two ago, and he's kind of struggled to find his footing at the the PGA Tour level. But a guy that when he's on can can make plenty of birdies. So uh, I don't mind sprinkling in those guys in your GPP builds, and that's a lot of options. You know the guys that Noto mentioned there, uh, Taron, who I like to play quite a bit, had another decent week last week. So uh, plenty of good options in the lower part of that seven K range. Um, to, to help round out your lineups. There's not a ton in the six K's as usual in these weaker field fall swing events. Um, I know Noto's been on um, Patrick Rogers. Occasionally uh, we talked about Higo having a good week last week. Like, is there anybody in the six K's? It looks like Rogers does grade out fairly well in terms of your model numbers. Uh, I don't think so. I think if I'm playing anybody, I'll just play the home game narrative with Harry Hall. Hope for the best. We got Goddard up back in the field this week. Yeah, take the driver out of his hands. I don't know how good he is. Well, you could not be any less excited about the six Ks. I mean, it's it's a recurring theme at this point. Yeah, I mean, is it just is it just the fields? Is that what it is? Is it the pricing? I mean, it just seems like there's. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's just the majors or the, the, the stronger field events. Has this always been a fall swing thing where there's been like nothing in the six Ks? I'm trying to remember and I can't. I think the, you know, the salaries and the books are a lot 
you know, sharper to the Corn Ferry Tour graduates. They used to be cheap coming out, yeah. but now, you know, you're not getting any good prices on them, whether you're betting or playing DFS. So I think that has something to do with it. The field strength obviously has something to do with it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, we don't have anybody under 7K uh, above like 3% projected ownership. Um, you know, if you want to play the played well last week angle with Higo, um, you know, I, I get it, but um, I, I know Jason Sobel likes him um, a little bit this week. So uh, I am probably not going below 7K myself, maybe a sprinkle of Rogers, but again, I got to be 60, 70 lineups deep. Uh, before I'm digging too much into that. So uh, we've pretty much gotten through it here. You can check us out, rotogrinders.com. Get yourself a premium subscription. Get yourself a combo package with all the sports you like. We've got NBA starting up here in a couple weeks. Hard to believe. NFL's in full swing. NHL will be starting up as well for those of you who are into hockey. If you want the sports betting content, you can check us out at scoresandodds.com. Get all our great uh, sports betting picks there. I know the NFL crew over on Scores and Odds has been crushing it with the uh, NFL picks so far this year. And, uh, yeah, lots of good stuff over at Roto Grinders. Of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, whether on playback or live, please hit the thumbs up before you go. Subscribe to the channel if you want to know whenever we're going live uh, with all our great shows, NFL content throughout the week. Of course, this golf show as well. We'll get the NBA stuff fired up and live NBA content right before NBA slates with all that injury news is uh, super valuable. I know Noto's probably not looking forward to the, uh, the writing and all the uh, content responsibilities coming up with the NBA NFL overlap, but uh, Noto, you, you excited for NBA to be back in a couple weeks or a little, a little nervous about that being so fast. Yeah. I'm usually a little wary about the start of a new season, but I've actually done a little bit of research more than usual. Um, so I'm ready. We're actually doing a, Andy and I are doing a you know NBA pre preseason betting uh, show tomorrow. Give our favorite season long bets, so uh, that should be fun. And hopefully, the writing isn't as uh, time consuming as it has been in the past. You know, people's uh, you know attention spans are getting shorter and shorter now uh, when it comes to you know reading content. So um, we're hoping to you know make it a little easier on the on the consumer as well. There you go. That makes it easier on on everybody too. Not quite as uh, voluminous with the writing, and I've got to get caught up on all that off season stuff with the NBA. I know the Cavs got Donovan Mitchell, uh, but uh, we're we're going to be spending the next couple of weeks once the MLB regular season ends, getting ready for uh, for hoops. So you're a little ahead of me on that front, uh, but we'll be there by the time the uh, the middle of October rolls around and ready to go. But uh, as always, thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, check us out at rotogrinders.com. Thanks to Devin for producing for us, as always. Thanks to Noto for joining me. I'm Justin. Have a great week. Good luck with all your lineups in the Shriners Children's Open, everybody. And we will catch you back here same time, same place next week for what should be a fun event on a very fun course at Congaree. So we'll catch you then, everybody. Have a good one.